Hello. The false start. I had a false start. Thank you, Pastor Jess. Well, before we crack into the message, I, uh, I wanted to make an observation. Okay? And that observation is that we've been doing Friday night services really good, but we've also been doing it under the restrictions of COVID. So what does that look like? We've been social distancing. We have been having one singer on the platform, et cetera, et cetera. Also, let's not forget the face mask. Cool? But what I've realized, because it's a long wait at the back when you have to wait to be the second to last speaker in a term. It's a long wait. You, you notice things. And what I've noticed is this. Congregation participation. It's lacking. It's lacking. It's just not there. And so I thought before I start the message tonight, we'll address this as a family. Can we do that? So there are three people that I know in my world that do this really, really well. And the first one is Pastor Joe Corman. And she's not here tonight, but God bless you, Pastor Joe Corman. But there are two other people that do this really well, and they are here tonight. So would you please give a round of applause to Peter Nickpon and Solomon Burrell? Because I'm telling you, this is not the first time I've been up here. And Solly and Pete, they are so, so encouraging. So I thought, let's have a little test run before we get into the Word. Can we do that? All right, I'm just going to throw a statement out there. Nothing to do with what God's put on my heart tonight. And if you don't know how to do this, or you're a little bit scared, that's okay. Take your lead from Pete and Solly, because they're experts at this. Ready? Level expert. So if I said, after the service tonight, we are going to Maccas. Hallelujah, amen. See, it's, it's easy. But what if I said, I went to Maccas and I forgot my wallet. Oh, oh, you see that? There's reactions there. So how about we as a church family, we take that on board tonight. And from this night forward, we find our voice again. Can we do that? Can we do that? Because it really does help when a speaker is up here on the platform. There it is. Thank you, Pete. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. You guys are awesome. All right. So my message tonight, my message is how to start your ministry or how to start a ministry. But before we get into that, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this vocal congregation. Father, I pray that these words are yours and not mine. I also pray that Holy Spirit, you will give everyone an individual experience tonight, that they will feel you and feel your love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? There it is. Cool. So to answer this question, how to start your ministry, I actually had to double back because I had to think about that for a second. And God, God put a message on my heart. This is not the message that I thought I would be giving tonight. I thought I was going to get up here and I was going to talk about uh, Paul, Paul the Apostle and his ministry. But no, God said, hey, Big Dave, let's get practical. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Tonight's a fun message. Tonight is very practical. And so I encourage everybody, pull out your phones. Pull out those notebooks. I know my boys have got some journals. They got them from Elijah from Huddle on Wednesday. Pull those bad boys out. Let's go. Write down some notes. Let's just chew the fat on some things. Can we do that tonight? Let's go. So question number one, what is a ministry? What is ministry? And so 
I've been asking some people, and I, I apologize, but I've been asking people in my world, in my, my network, what is ministry? And can I tell you, the response has been very interesting. You see, most of the time, when we think about ministry, we think about something, you know, maybe perhaps a slot that we fill. For example, the beautiful worship team up here, ministry, yeah? Agree? Ushering team, welcoming team, etc. 100%, these are, these, these are 100% spaces of ministry. But I wanna lay down a challenge very, very early tonight. And my challenge is this. What if we looked at it differently? What if the idea of ministry is actually more about the life that we live? Now park that for a second. We'll come back to that. So I've been asking all these people in, in my world, what is, what is ministry? And the response, like I said, has been interesting. And just to put some context to that, I've been asking people who have, you know, perhaps just found God and have just started their relationship with God. But at the other end, I've also asking, been asking the same question to people who've been walking this, this, this journey with God for a long, long time. And, and, and what I found was one or two things were happening. Number one, they could articulate very clearly what ministry is. Or, number two, I was getting these ones. I'm not sure. There was a little bit of hesitation. So I asked myself this question. Big Dave, what is ministry? And here's, here's what I've come to learn. Ministry is where God leads you to meet a need. See, Pete's always got my back. I encourage you, get on board. So ministry simply means to serve others. To serve others. In Mark 10, 45, it says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, this is a conversation that, that Jesus is having with, with, with John and James. And to break it down pretty simply, John and James are like, hey, Jesus, can I sit to the left or the right-hand side of you? And, and Jesus basically says, you know, God has already prepared those seats. That's not my call. But if you want to be known as the greatest, serve others. For even the Son of Man came not to, not to be served, but to serve. So ministry simply means to serve others others, no matter how big or how small. So I want you to think about that question now, just for a second. Ask yourself right now, are you meeting the needs of others already? Are you already doing this? Because if the answer is yes, then bless go, let's do this. But if the answer is no, that's okay. That's okay too. That's what we're here to talk about. And we're going to do this together. So I'm going to ask you another question. What is your ministry? Ooh, reaction time. What is your ministry? Yep. So I've actually broken this down into four questions. And I'm going to give them to you one at a time. Because you know what? You may not figure this out tonight. It may not be tomorrow. But hopefully these questions will help guide you to the answer. What is your ministry? And so the first question is, what did you receive from God? What did you receive from God? In particular, I'm talking about what gifts and talents have you received from God? Now, it's really easy to stand up the back there and worship and just watch Ethan do his thing. 
It was amazing tonight. God-given talent right there, right? Amazing. But you know what? Gifts can be looked at this way as well. What if you are a good listener? I'm not. I'm not a good listener. It's not my gifting. Are you, are you great at, at organizing things, Nicola? Awesome at it. Do you have the gift of managing finances? My son Rico is all about it. Give him two years, he's going to own his own house. You watch. Gift of finances. Are you a great communicator? These are all gifts from God. In 1 Peter 4, 10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. When I was led to the scripture, I couldn't help but see this in two parts. And so the first part was, each of you should use whatever gift. So we'll stop there. What that basically means to me is, whatever we have is a gift from God. Amen? Whatever gift you have received to serve others. Stop. So whatever gifts God has given you, we are to use them for God's purpose. And then I got stuck on the steward word. Maybe. So what is a steward? A steward is one entrusted to manage the, the property of others. Everything good we have is ours, but only by God's grace. And it is to be used for his purpose and for his glory. So this is the way I look at it. We are caretakers of these gifts. And we are to use them for God's glory. It's simple. So there's probably, you know, I'm not, I don't know who, but there may be a couple of you sitting back going, okay, gifts and talents. I don't know what mine are. I'm still trying to seek that out. And perhaps you may not know where to start. That's fine. I'm going to help you out here. If you don't know what your gifts and talents are, and you haven't figured that out, everybody has passion. What is your passion? What is your passion? Write that down. You can answer it later. If you see a need somewhere, seek to meet it. You may not need to know exactly what your gift and talent is, but I'm telling you now, we can all see needs and we can all seek to meet it. All of us. You know what? You might just even find that your gifts live in that space. Who knows? You know, Jordi touched on that last week. And... Uh, she basically, for me, she spoke two pretty powerful points. The first one was, number one, your calling or your ministry will always involve people. Always, number one. And number two, we should use our gifts and talents to bring people along the journey of being in a relationship with God. She smashed it last week. I don't know where Geordie is. Geordie, smashed it last week. There she is. She's up there. Woo! Yeah, Awesome. So what did you receive from God? What are your gifts? Question number two. Who has God placed in front of you? Who has God placed in front of you? How many opportunities do you have right in front of you and you don't even know it? A couple of hours ago, I picked my son up from work and he jumps in the car and I say, hey, do you have a good day? He's like, yeah, awesome day. 
I said, what happened? He said, I had a conversation about church. I said, hmm, interesting. Then, then, then he's begun to break it down for me. He said, you know what? I, I was just amazed that things that are so normal to me as a Christian are just not normal to other people. We take that for granted. How that came about, he was, his mate was asking Rico questions about church. He said, oh, did your mom and dad drop you off? And he's like, no, 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 we, we go as a family. Awesome, wow. He goes, yeah, um, my dad, Big Dave, he's on the word tonight. Oh, yeah. What does that mean? Does he like write a speech or something? Rico smiles on the inside because in that moment he realizes what's normal to us may not be normal to others. But the other thing he did realize is that he had an opportunity to talk about the gospel, to talk about the good news. I can bet you when he woke up this morning, he didn't realize that there was an opportunity right there. I think about Pete, like I don't really see Pete face to face a lot, but man, I catch you on Facebook, brother. I catch your lives. I do, your Facebook lives. And, and I remember tuning in one time and you had uh, one of your boys, one of your brickies, he was doing a freestyle rap to the camera. Awesome opportunities, right? Sharing the love, sharing the gospel. That's so cool. I'm gonna talk about a little story about myself. There's something that happened this week. So two weeks ago, I'm having a conversation with a lady that I've worked for for eight years. Keep that in mind, eight years. And there was a, a mass email that went around that said, oh, this lady's on compassionate leave. She'll be back, you know, this date, blah, blah, blah. And so when she finally came back, I went up to her and I said, hey, how are you going? Are you on compassionate leave? Is everything okay? Can I help? Can I offer you anything? And she proceeded to tell me that um, her husband's uh, mother had passed and they had to work out the logistics. Really? I did not know that. Opportunities right in front of me. Long, long story short, I got added to a, a, a prayer meeting that has been happening in my business for 14 years and I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know about it. So this Monday, I'm at home, I'm on Zoom, and, and I click on the, the little thing in my Outlook and it's like, uh, war room prayer meeting, yeah. So, and then I come in, I'm sheepish as, it's like, wow, I cannot believe this is happening, but this is so cool. And they're like, oh, Kiwi. and Because that's what they call me at my job. They call me Kiwi. <laughs> Don't know why. And they're like, Kiwi, Kiwi, you know, have you got any prayer requests? I'm like, man, I'm sharing the word on Friday, but I'd love, I'd love some prayer for that. And I've also taken on a new role um, in the business. You know, it's a little bit weird asking for prayer for my workmates, but that's what I'm asking for. And it was just not the weirdest thing at all. It blew my mind. There was opportunities right in front of me. I didn't even know it. How good is God, right? What's in front of you, though? Let's talk about you. Evie, I'm not calling you out. I'm not calling you out. What's in front of you? Maybe it's your netball team. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's your local gym. I don't know. Um, workplace lunchrooms. What is happening right in front of you where the opportunities are there? You just don't even know it. What about to all our, all our younger youth, you know? What about the school bus? Is that a potential ministry right there? I don't know. 
It's been like 20 plus years since I've been on a school bus. What's God put in front of you? My next question, what are their needs? What are their needs? So let's think about, let's think about the, the, the guy that's just walked into the gym. Let me paint the picture for you, all right? He's all of 50 kgs. He's got the sweatband on. He's got the towel. He's got the little bag. He's excited. He walks in. He walks up to the machine. And he starts going like this. He's going to hurt himself. Is there a need there? Maybe. Maybe a conversation. I don't know. What about old mate Tim? Old mate Tim that always walks through the lunchroom at 12 o'clock on the dot, goes to the microwave. He, he heats his food up and goes, sits down. He isolates himself away from everyone else. He does this every single day. Is there a need there? Perhaps. What are their needs? The last part to this is very simple. Consider meeting their needs. Consider meeting their needs. Let's think about that for a second. Let's go back to the old mate who was about to break his back on the, on the what's it going to take for you to walk up to him, have a conversation, say, hey, I notice, you know, perhaps you're new to this. Can I help you out with some form so we can save your back? That's a conversation. That might be a lightweight conversation for you. Get it how I, did you get it? Did you see how I did the weights thing? Yeah, it's a lightweight conversation. Oh, come on, Rick. I thought you'd like that one. Lightweight conversation. What about old Tim who isolates himself in the corner? How hard would it be to pick up, pick up your lunchbox and go sit down with Tim and have a face-to-face -face conversation with him? It's something that's so small, but it could be massive to Tim. It could be life-changing to Tim. You don't know. We don't know these things. So what is your ministry? What is your ministry? What did you receive from God? Your gifts and talents. Who has God placed in front of you? The netball team, kid on the bus. What are their needs? And consider meeting those needs. And I believe that, that right there is where you'll find your ministry. I believe it, Solly. Which leads me to this. And guess what? This may be the most exciting slide that I've ever had the chance to speak to. You ready for it? You ready for it? Ministry is bigger than the four walls of church. What? We hear this all the time. It's bigger than the four walls of church. We just proved, we just, we just went through the motion that, yes, it is. It can be. Want to know why? Because now ministry is at my local gym. Or ministry is sitting next to the kid on the bus that gets bullied, and maybe I can be the voice for that kid. Or maybe it's old mate Tim. Ministry is bigger than the four walls of church. You guys with me? You still with me? Bring it. Let's go. So we know what ministry is. It's where God leads you to meet a need. We know what or where our ministry is. Cool. Bag it. But how do we start? How do you start your ministry? And this is what I'm here to unpack tonight. Very, very quickly. I believe through my experience is that number one, first and foremost, we need to seek wise counsel. And what that basically means is, let's go have a conversation with your mentor or a leader or somebody you trust and run it by them. 
Why? Because number one, we need to make sure that it aligns with the Bible. I'm not going to unpack that too much because I know that's where we're heading next week, but it must align with the Bible. And number two, we need to pray about that. We need to pray about what God's put on our heart. So what does that look like? Hmm. I'll give you an example. So what if I, Big Dave, went to my leader, Jesse, and I said, hey, Jess, you with me? I think my ministry is to become the next celebrity pastor, and, and I need to have lots and lots of followers and, and on all the social media platforms so I can hopefully lead lots and lots and lots and lots of people to God. I've got the shoes for it. Let's go. What do you think Jesse would say? Hmm. You know what? Let's ask Jesse. You've got a microphone, don't you? Welcome to the platform, Pastor Jesse. So let me, let me ask that question again. So, so hey, Jess, I, I, think, I think my ministry is to become the next celebrity pastor. And I think I need to have, you know, a lot of followers on social media so I can save lots and lots and lots of people. What would you say? Anyone got anywhere to be? Or we can, this could be a while. Um, <clears throat> First instincts, what would you say? Yeah, so... So I would probably ask you some questions. Like? Like, maybe, that, maybe God does want you to get there, uh, but he will do that in his own strength, and you probably should do what you can do right here. And I'd probably also ask you, uh, how, many, how many lives are changed from someone you see on YouTube versus someone that you walk with side by side? So... I, I, I have not spoken to Jesse about this. No, this is completely winging it. So can I get you to read what's in the green? Yeah. So what do you think Jesse would say? Probably something like... If that's God's will for you, awesome. But let's see God on that and pray about it. Boom! <laughs> Thank there you, you go. He knows me. Very well. That's just wise counsel. That's my leader. Pen and teller. Thank you very much. But that's wise counsel right there. So... Let's confirm this to be God's will, Big Dave, and not your own. Let's seek out the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to hear from the Holy Spirit. Matthew 10, 20, it says, For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. This is Jesus talking to the disciples about go forth, spread the good news, and they're a little bit worried. And he's like, hey, don't worry about it. It won't be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Jesus is telling the disciples, boys, let go of your worry. That's okay. Let go of your worry. I believe that's what he's saying, but I don't think he's saying, hey, guys, don't prepare yourselves. I don't think that's what he's saying at all. In fact, when we share the gospel through meeting the needs of others, we still need to be prepared. Would you agree with that? We need some sort of plan. Brings me to my next slide. Put a plan in place. Put a plan in place. What I've learned, again, from my own experiences, don't get caught up in the logistics. Keep it simple. I was having this conversation with Nicola the other night, and she, she brought up uh, a reference out of the Robots movie. Has anyone seen the Robots movie? Yes. And so 
there's a, there's a phrase in there that says, if you want to keep it simple, see a need, fill a need. So cool. I'd buy the t-shirt. See a need, fill a need. Because ministry is, ministry is very, very, very practical. It's not, you know, this, this far off, distant thing that's unattainable. It's practical. It is right here, right now. Something else that we can do is if you feel like God's calling you towards a, a certain ministry and you know that there are people in the church already doing something similar, go and buddy up with them. Watch how they do it. Learn. I got a, I got a great example of that. So, you know, church fam, you guys know, like the, the Hawkesbury youth are involved in a community outreach. Not right now because of what's going on in the world, but we're involved in this outreach, right? It's called Foundation. I, I feel like you guys know all about it. And uh, I, got, I got into a conversation with, with Jesse and Geordie, and they were like, Big Dave, we want to we wanna come and check out Foundation because, you know, we want to do something similar over, over in Penrith. So they did that. And so they jumped in their car, they came up, and they, they saw, you know, the structure of what we were doing and the, all the games and, and feeding the kids and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And so they took that. And they moved over to Penrith and they started hangouts, the, the, the Penrith hangouts over there in, in Jordan Springs. And they started their own thing. Buddy up. Somebody can help you find the answers a lot quicker. The last part is probably the hardest part. You got to start. <laughs> you got to start. At some point, it's got to come out of your heart and, and, and manifest as, as a physical action. You got to start. I'll tell, I'm telling you right now, it is easier to, to steer a moving ship. All you have to do is start. Just start. And then you can improve on it later. I, rem I remember the last time I was standing right here talking about, you know, some, some of the things that we needed to improve with foundation. We learned that over time. But at the end of the day, we started. I also recall saying, oh, I needed this and this and this cool camera and, and this party trick. No, just start. The rest will come. That's right. Cool. So what's next? What's next? Well, you start your ministry. And it's easy, right? It's easy. No. It's hard work. In some cases, it's hard work. It really is. But in some cases, like with our mate at the gym, it's lightweight. It's a conversation. But at some point, I mean, we... We need to dust ourselves off and we need to expect that hard work is going to come because it comes. The, the, the more that I've, I've, I've decided to serve in this church or out in the community, I've come to learn what happens behind the scenes. Anyone being part of like trying to put a conference together here? Woo, a lot of work, eh, Nick? What about our forever free stuff? Lot, lots goes on, you know what I mean? It is, it is hard work. Some other things that we may expect, failure. I already spoke about that, man. We've, we've failed a lot with foundation. We made some doozies. We made some mistakes. There were kids running across the road. We were running out of water. The whole lot. That's why they're laughing, because they know it's true. But that's okay. We can fail. It's okay. But that doesn't mean we stop. We stay resilient. We keep pushing through. We do not stop. Something else that might happen. Spiritual warfare. 
No reaction. Wow, I thought we talked about that at the top. Nothing. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. We'll get there. Spiritual warfare. It's a thing. For real. Believe me. I remember the first time that I felt it happened to me. I was like on my way up to Oberon to, to, to uh, worship lead, the first service I've ever worship led. And everything in me was like, man, you can't do this. You're not worthy. You suck. All of it. It wasn't until I had a conversation with Pastor Rick that he said, hey, Dave, I think you're under a spiritual attack. Spiritual warfare. If I could, if, if I could, give you an insight into my mind about spiritual warfare and what it looks like, I probably wouldn't be able to explain it. So I'm not gonna. We're gonna watch a video real quick. We'll be back.
Right. For those of you at home, I know you guys couldn't watch that, but basically what we all watched here was the, the final battle scene in Avengers Endgame where everybody comes back. Spiritual warfare is what goes on in my head. I've got a crazy mind. But I just see it like this. I've got like my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all standing on the front line and we're running forward together. Rico's Captain America. Andre's Black Panther. Jesse's Thor. No? Yeah? Cool? You don't like that? Ah, oh, you can be either. It's up to you. I, I want to be Tony Stark. He's witty. He's funny. But I'm just not. So anyway, this is what I see in my head. Spiritual warfare. In line with all my brothers and sisters. Ah, oh, charge. What? Nah? That's not what you see? That's not what you see? Is it just, it's just me, isn't it? Awkward. Cool. That was my idea of spiritual warfare. Wow. But you know what? Let's get serious for a second. You know what I've come to learn? Is that spiritual warfare is actually taking ground for the kingdom out in the community, praying for families out in the community, just you know, claiming the very ground that their houses are on. That is spiritual warfare. Taking those houses one by one, we had that conversation one by one for the kingdom. You know, that park up there, that park that we do foundation at. That belongs to the kingdom. We went there two years ago and we claimed that in the name of Jesus. We prayed over that park. That park belongs to the kingdom. Do you guys wanna do you guys wanna join the, the Avengers with me? You wanna join the Avengers with me? Do you guys wanna be ambassadors for God? Because we can do this. We can do this. All right, can I get the band up, please? So we know what ministry is and we know what our or your ministry is, maybe. You might answer it later, that's fine. We have a plan to get started and we have an idea of what to expect. Small idea. But the question comes down to this. Ministry. Do we have to? Do we have to do it? Sammy touched on it a few weeks back. And she basically had, she put it out there. We, we could park up under grace and under salvation. Yep, absolutely. But I honestly believe that we, us, this church, God's people, we're called for way more than that. Way more than that. Grace and salvation is available to everyone. But I'm telling you right now, the people that are furthest away from Jesus, they just don't know about it. They don't know. That's where we come in. If you've experienced the gift of God's grace and salvation, and you understand God's love, then why wouldn't you want to share it? Why wouldn't you? Look, my practical message tonight, it may, it, made it, it may have been too much. It may have gone straight over some people's heads. That's fine. What I want you, if, if, if that's you, that's cool. Pick it up right now. Throw it over the shoulder into the bin. That's cool. 
But if you're gonna take something home, take this. Ministry starts at the cross. Ministry starts at the cross. Having a personal and intimate understanding of what Jesus did on the cross changed everything for me. Now we can, we can read about the passion through the gospels. We can read that ourselves. We, we can hear it from the pulpit about all, all the details of what, what Jesus went through. But I believe that when we have our own personal revelation of what that means to us or to you or to others, it changes something in you. It changes something in you. Philippians 2.5, you must have the attitude that Christ Jesus had. And Jesus was humble, so humble. He was willing to give up His divine rights to obey God and serve people. And just like Jesus, I want to have a servant's attitude. Will you guys, will you guys choose to have that same attitude with me? Will you? What if we carried that attitude into our homes and into our schools and our communities and out into the world? A servant's attitude. Wow. What the church needs, or what, sorry, what the world needs right now is to see the church in action now more than ever. I want to leave that with you. Will you choose to serve with me? Are you guys ready to be ambassadors for God? You want to start your ministry? Then find your reason. Find your reason and stay the course. I'm going to leave it there.